Great. So hi, everyone. I'm Danielle Lapointe. I'm a missionary here in the Shalom Boston Mission in the Shalom Catholic community. And I'm here today with Kelly Dinning, who is also a missionary here in Boston. So welcome, Kelly. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Hey, everyone. Thanks, Danielle. Happy Easter. He's risen. Alleluia. Yes, and he's truly risen. Alleluia. <laughs> yeah. Great to have you. So yeah, so I'm so excited to hear about your missionary life, your experience with God, and you're someone that I think you're so like adventurous and you have all these dreams and plans and about traveling. And so I can't wait to just to talk and to hear more about your story. Um, so I guess to start, uh, if you want to just explain a little bit for people to understand like about your background, like kind of where you grew up and a little yeah, bit about. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm 26 years old. Um, right now I'm living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, but I grew up like 40 minutes north of the city. Um, and I was born in Massachusetts and raised here my whole life. Um, I was a cradle Catholic, so I kind of grew up with the faith, like going to church every Sunday. It was just kind of like what my family did. We would always like wake up together, we'd go to mass, and then we'd go to this bakery in Lawrence, go to Tripoli's and get some bread and then go over to my grandmother's house. And that was just kind of like what we did on Sundays. Um, but I never really like knew about my faith. Like it was just kind of like something you do, like you wake up, you brush your teeth. Like on Sundays, we would just wake up and go to mass. Um, so that's what it was like for me for a long time. Um, I grew up like on a, like working at a horse farm, a therapeutic riding facility. So I'm very adventurous. I loved fishing with my dad, going to the barn, um, just being like in the outdoors, um, traveling, camping, all that stuff. Awesome. And so you yeah. grew up in like a, not a city, like more like woodsy area. Yeah, I grew up in the suburbs. Um, my house is like borders, like one of the state parks here in Massachusetts. Got it. Okay, great. And then, so you grew up as a Catholic, going to Mass with your family, and then you went to, you moved away for college when you were 18 yep. to UMass. Yeah. Yep, UMass. Okay, so how far was that from your family? Like, you lived there. Yeah, so um, it's about 30 minutes from, like, where I grew up. Um, and for me, I was very surprised that I ended up there. Um, it was definitely God's providence. I always imagined like going to college as far away as possible, like from my family. Um, cause it was hard for me when I was growing up to be with my family. So I was like, oh my gosh, the minute I can, like in college, I'm going to like go to Colorado and like go out there or go far away for college. But through God's providence, I ended up in, in Lowell, only 30 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> okay 30 minutes away and what what were you studying there yeah so I had always been excited about science um so I ended up I wanted to do forensic science um because I loved NCIS CSI like was always doing that investigative stuff like when I was a kid so it was just a very natural fit but I ended up studying chemistry because there's not too many jobs in the forensic science field and I was like, oh, I can get a job in chemistry and then I can work like in anything and then choose to focus in forensic science. Um, cool. And that's just kind of what I started to do. Okay. So your plan was like, you turned 18, you went to college, you're excited to like 
move away from your family, studying chemistry, and then after college, you were hoping to be a chemist in some somewhere, but focusing on forensic science. Yeah, I wanted to do like forensic science and do like really making a difference in people's lives, like investigating like crime and doing all of that stuff. Um, but it clearly didn't end up that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so then I guess, yeah, how did you how did you hear about missionary life or at what point, at what point did you, did you think, Oh, I'm, I want, I want to try to be a missionary or how did that happen? <laughs> um, so it, I never, it never crossed my mind. It was never something that I ever imagined. Um, even like when I talked to people that I went to high school with, I'm like, yeah, like I'm a Catholic missionary now. And they're like, I'm sorry, what you, a Catholic missionary? no way. <laughs> um, so it was definitely, kind of a surprise for me. Um, I never in a million years would have thought that this is how my life would have been. Wow. So what, what changed? Um, so when I was in seventh grade, um, my, I went to a Christian camp called snow camps. Um, and I always found that through being there, like I just kept wanting to go back. Um, and at the time I thought it was just for the friends, for the cool people. Like I could just be myself and not like wear a mask. Um, but really it was kind of God's way of like attracting me to him, like through the, my brothers and sisters at that time, like through the Holy spirit, which is what I was really attracted to at that time. Um, so that's kind of how I started, how God had me start, I guess, on the path. Um, so from, I continued with that ministry, um, all the way up until I was in high school, um, like once and in a high school, yep, once a year. So I would go on a weekend retreat, um, with them in either March or April, depending, um, for a weekend. And then in the summertime, we had like the high school version of snow camps, which was called camps. And that was a week long, usually in Western mass. Um, so we would go through the week and we would have like moments of prayer and praise and worship and really fun activities, really fun games. And it was really God's providence, like an amazing place for me to make really good, genuine friends. Um, the people that I met there at that camp, like that I met in my faith life have been and are my best friends. Um, even though like one of them's living in Washington, the other one's living in Texas um, I still consider them like my best friends because I met them in Christ, like through Christ. Mm-hmm. Great. So, okay. So you were going to mass every Sunday with your family. You were involved in like these different ministries and camps and retreats. So it sounds like you were kind of on a path towards a missionary life or at least towards like a living a really faith-filled life. Um, a little bit. Yes and no. So for me, like most people, I got pulled into a lot of the worldliness. Um, so a lot of the time, almost all the way up until I was in college, I was living kind of like one foot in, one foot out. Um, so on one hand, like I was going to these retreats and I was going um, to the church with my family, but only on Sundays. And on the other half, I was like doing my own life. Um, I lived and had a lot of relationships that were very worldly. I was very into the party scene, the drug scene, um, for many years of my life. Um, that's how like I lived. Like in high school or college? Both. Yeah. Okay. So both high school and college. Um, but tr- kind of on the tail end of it, like I kind of, I had my first encounter with God when I was graduating high school. 
um, I was dating. And that's the first time I really knew that God was a real person. Like he wasn't just somebody up in the clouds. Like he was alive and wanting to work in my life, um, fully alive and an active person. And it was something that was very foreign to me. I didn't really know like what to make of it. Um, because I was dating this guy at the time. Um, but it was a very worldly relationship. Like I had said before, I was doing a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. Um, but I didn't think there was anything wrong. I thought I was like living my life fine. Um, but clearly I had one foot in one foot out. I was going and partying on the weekends and on weeknights and getting up, going to school, going to church. And I remember it was at camps. Um, and the minute I stepped off the bus, it was like, God knew he needed to save me. Um, and he really intervened in my life. And looking back, it was definitely one of the hardest moments of my life, but definitely one of the most fulfilling and definitely what needed to happen. This retreat? Um, yeah, the, the week-long retreat at camp. So basically, God continually was speaking to me, telling me that I needed to break up with um, the gentleman that I was dating at that time. And I didn't understand it, like, through the speakers, through the song lyrics, like, that's the message that kept coming to me. Um, and I remember, like, I, nobody there really knew about my life. Like, it was kind of like how I knew, like, you might know a coworker. It's like, you know them on some level, but you don't really, really know what's going on in their heart, like what they're really living in their day to day. And I had five different people come up to me, like out of the blue and give me the same Bible verse. And it was second Corinthians six fourteen: thou shall not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever for what path is righteousness with lawlessness. What does the light have to do with the darkness? Um, so it was very clear God <laughs> was trying to get through to me and tell me something. Um, but I'm very stubborn and did not <laughs> want to believe it. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the back of the hall and I was just like, pray, like kind of thinking to myself, but in actuality, I was praying and I was like, no, God, like, this is really what you want for me. Like, you have to be very concrete. You have to tell me like that this is what you want. And I remember almost immediately after I said that, um we were playing a game at this time and basically my name got pulled out of a hat and my full name was read on a loudspeaker in an auditorium maybe of maybe two or three hundred people like immediately after I I was thinking that in my head and I just like started crying I couldn't believe it um because <laughs> for me like I knew that that was God calling my name out loud it wasn't me getting called like to play at the hunger games or the game that we were playing um, but it was God really speaking to me in a, in a really concrete way. Um, and I, at that moment I knew like, this is what God wants for me to do. Um, and immediately I left and drove, I didn't even drive home. I drove directly to his house and I broke up with him. Um, and I don't really remember what I said because I know the Holy Spirit was speaking for me. Um, and I've never been spoken to like as clearly as, as God spoke to me that day. And it really put my life in a different direction, really saved me. Wow. So that was your senior year of high school? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you interpreted those, I guess, all the people that came to you and gave you the same scripture passage as like God's invitation for you to like follow him more closely and to, to break up with this guy that was like leading you down a bad path. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, like there's no other explanation for it. Like these were people that they didn't know, like my day to day reality. Um, mm -hmm. the only logical explanation is that it was through the work of God, through the work of the Holy spirit, um, calling me like deeper to get to know him. So I left, I really wanted to like get involved with like the church. I wanted to understand more of like, who is this, this living God, who is this living person of Jesus Christ that, that I never knew was a real person. I just thought he was someone up in the clouds, nice in theory, but it was so like, there was no denying. And I knew that he was alive and well, and he wanted to have a part of my life. So how did you, how did you grow in that relationship? So it was definitely, like I said before, I can be very stubborn at times. Um, so God was very gentle with me and guiding me. Um, and for some time after, like I was doing very well, I was going through and really trying to find like a good solid group of people. So I started to get closer to the friends that I had made at camp. Like I started getting away from my friends that were leading me down the bad path. Um, and I was still kind of living one foot in one foot out. It definitely wasn't cold turkey, like boom, God spoke to me and my life was completely changed. Um, and I went to college and I was still try really trying hard to, to follow the path that God wanted for me, really trying to stay out of the drugs, staying out of the drinking. Um, and it definitely wasn't perfect. Um, I definitely was still stumbling and falling, but like I had that moment with God and I knew he was trying to bring me to something better. Um, yeah, so I kind of lived throughout that in college where I was involved with the Catholic Students Union for a little bit. Um, and I would still kind of go and like go out with my friends on the weekends, but I was very, I like began to talk about the fact that I was a Christian. I began to talk about the fact that I was Catholic and I began to share like why my life had changed, like and what God had done in my life. So it sounds like you, like you knew that there was something more and you were attracted to it and you wanted it, but that's, at the same time, it was hard to leave behind like all the old habits. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that reminds me, um, something that we hear a lot on our Shalom retreats. I think Moises, um, our founder said it, but it was, it's very easy to take the, um, Israelites out of Egypt, but it was hard to take Egypt out of the Israelites. Um, and for me, I really identify with that because like God took me very concretely and very easily away from like the bad life that I was living, but it was really hard to take the, that Egypt out of myself. It was really hard to take away like what I had lived for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then I guess, so moving through college and you're kind of like doing this, trying to follow God more closely, trying to leave behind these old habits, this Egypt um, so then what, then what, when did this desire or this interest in missionary life come about? So God was definitely still kind of leading me. Um, I ended up going on another retreat, um, kind of not my second conversion, but another retreat where God really was like calling me deeper and closer to him. Um, a big retreat that we have here that's pretty common is called Curcio. And I didn't live exactly Curcio. I knew what it was because I had many friends that had lived it. But I always said, and I still do say, oh, I'm waiting for God to call me. And I remember I was at a very difficult place when I was in college. Um, and I signed up for this retreat that 
I didn't know that it was stemmed from Curcio. It was called Pisamayas. So it's for people that had not had not reached the age of 21 and could not live their Curcio yet, but it was very, very similar. Um, and I signed up for it and I didn't even remember. And it was Thanksgiving weekend and I was having Thanksgiving dinner with my family. And my mom was like, oh, you're ready for the retreat tomorrow? And I was like, retreat, what are you talking about? And she's like, you don't remember signing up for that treat? And I don't know how I signed up for it and didn't remember, um, but it happened somehow through God's grace. And I ended up going on that retreat again. And that was kind of where God like really was shaking me. And he was like, okay, like I, I saved you once. I'm saving you again. Like, come on, Kelly, like pull your head out of the clouds. Like here I am, come to me. Um, and then from after that, I still was searching like, and really seeking. I was like, okay, well, I want to live like how I live on these retreats, like every day of my life, but I didn't know it was possible. So I would, was really struggling with like, how do I pray every day? How do I have a relationship with God? Like, I know he's alive, but how do I really cultivate that? How do I really grow deeper? How do I really share this with other people? Like what God has done in my life. And I would go to a retreat like once a month and it just to, to kind of serve quote unquote, like others, but in actuality, I was looking to fill like my own cup, not to overflow for the others. So it's like on those retreats that you really had that, like, you really could experience God's presence. You really felt like there was something there, but it was hard to sustain that in your daily life. Yeah, I really struggled with it. So I would always like live these really high moments on the retreats. Um, but then after I would leave, I would, I would fall and I would really struggle because I was trying to sustain a relationship like by myself. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have like anyone to really help me, anyone to really mentor me, guide me like on the path. But it was so concrete how when I was living in those moments, like how I knew that's how I wanted to live my life. Like I want to live my life feeling like this, like being with the Lord every day of my life. I just didn't know how. Yeah, I think that's common for people to experience that. Like they go on a retreat and it's awesome and they're, they leave and they're all excited and energized. And then they go back to their job Monday or they go back to whatever the next day and or, you know, the next week or whatever. It starts to fade. Um, so how did you change that or did you change that? <laughs> so I actually didn't change it. God changed it for me. Um, I graduated college and I was working um, as a peptide chemist. So I studied chemistry. So I started working in the lab, um, synthesizing peptides. Um, but I wasn't really happy and I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to like get up and I'm just going to travel the world. It's something I've always wanted to do. I love other cultures. I always had a fascination with like different cultures. Um, I worked at a bakery, Tripoli's that I mentioned before, um, for eight or nine years and the, a bunch of Brazilians worked there and I fell in love with the language, the culture. Um, and I had always wanted to learn about other cultures. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not liking what I'm doing now. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm going to just keep working this job that I want to get out of and I'm just going to save up money and I'm going to travel around the world for, I planned it all out. I knew like where I was going. Um, I had like signed up for woofing. I had a um, couch surfing account. Like I had friends I was going to stay with in New Zealand and Australia. I was going to go back to Cambodia and stay with some people I knew there, a friend in Malaysia I was going to stay with. 
Um, so I really had everything planned out like, and for whatever reason, I just was waiting to buy the one way ticket to take me to New Zealand. (laughs) You're planning to like quit your job or just to like take a leave of absence to quit and travel and like discover things and learn about yourself. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, once I save up enough money, like, and it wasn't even a lot. My game plan was basically like, I wanted to get out. And I was like, I'm going to save up like hopefully $20,000 and then I'm going to fly off to New Zealand. And I had something waiting for me there. I was going to work uh, in an outback on a, in Australia in a ranch. And I was just going to live in, um, at Air, not Airbnbs, it, go from hostel to hostel or couch surfing and staying with families and friends that I knew. And once I saved up enough money for my next airplane ticket, I was just going to go. And that's how I would get to my next destination. And what were you hoping to like discover on that trip or on that, you know, time off? Yeah. So for me, um, because of how I grew up, um, I never really got to know myself and I was like always living for other people, really living in the world. Um, and I was like, you know what, like, this is something I've always wanted to do. Like, I'm really going to find myself, like, I'm really going to be able to pray. I'm going to be able to find myself and find my relationship with God. And hopefully like when I come back from this trip, um, God's going to inspire me like throughout the trip, what he wants me to do. Like, maybe I'm not supposed to be a chemist. Maybe I was supposed to like be in a different country. Like, I didn't know what really, but, um, it was basically a plan to just go and find myself and find like what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really, I, I hear about this all the time, like people that take a gap year or even if it's post-college or whatever, but yeah, that feeling of like feeling unfulfilled in your job or in your daily life and trying to like search outside for something. Yeah. Something else. So I think that's really common, like what you're describing. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's very common um, because basically, especially here, I think in our culture, maybe it's the same around the world, but I feel like here in America the and Massachusetts, the mentality is definitely like you go to school, you go to high school, you go to college, you graduate, you get a job, have a family and that's it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, I was there, but I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do with the other God willing 70 years of my life? Like I had no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah. But like trying to see if there's something more. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so then I guess it, from the sounds of it, you didn't go on the trip. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> God had a different plan for me. So what what happened? Um, yeah, so I first met Shalom in 2016. Um, one of my very good friends um, and mentors, Andrea Alberti, that many people know, Um, she's an amazing woman of God. Like she really has inspired my life. And I met her at camps and she invited me one day to this retreat. And I was like, Oh, this is a new retreat. This is one that I haven't gone on before. Like, let me try that out. Um, so in October of 2016, I went on my first fully alive life in the spirit seminar and it was amazing. Like, I remember it was, there was something very different about it and I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, but I was still like, oh, okay. Like that was great. Like I can check that retreat off my list. Um, and another year went by and throughout the year, I remember one of the missionaries, Nara, she was always reaching out to me. always like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like, we're doing this activity or we're going to go to karaoke. 
Um, but the retreat was in Cambridge and I lived 40 minutes outside the city and a lot of the events were later and I was like, Oh no, my bedtime's like at nine o'clock. Like I'm not going to drive into the city like to, to go. So, okay. And then, so. Yes. I mean, yeah. So I just, I mean, I'm sorry, Nara, but she, I love her now. I, I talk to her all the time. She's um, one of my mentors. And I, I feel bad because I blew her off for almost like a whole year. Uh-huh. And then I remembered like it was in this time when I was planning this trip and I was like ready to buy that one way ticket. And then I was like, you know what? Like, let me just do it at the start of the new year. Like on January 1st, like I'll just buy my ticket. Um, and I was still always kind of like looking for like different jobs in chemistry, just kind of like to keep my options open. And I remember I found a job that is where I am now working for the same company. And it was right around the same time as fully live, but the next year. So this is 2017 and I ended up applying for the job. And in my head, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It was way above like what I was qualified for. Um, and I was like, yeah, it'll be good interviewing experience. It was right down the street from my house. It was like organic chemistry. So something that I really loved. And I was like, let me apply for going an interview and we'll see what happens. If I get it, I have a job that I think will really help my career. And if I don't like perfect, I'm going to go and buy my ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and for me, when I found out I got the job, I was very sad because I knew that I couldn't go on my trip. Um, but I really left it in the hands of God. I was like, you know what? This is a job I'm very underqualified for. Like, if you want me to get this, like, that's where you want me. And so right around, I got hired at my company and I started working. And then within a month, I ended up um, going back to Shalom. So I was like, oh, I remember that retreat that like, I really liked last year, like, let me go back. So I texted Nara and I was like, Hey, do you guys need help? Quote unquote, help on that retreat. Just doing the same thing I always did, like looking for another retreat to fill myself and then just kind of keep on stumbling through life. Um, and she was like, yeah, we do need help. Can you like be a part of the, the skit? And I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I just started a new job that I really loved. I loved the company. I loved the science, like what I was doing. The people there were awesome. And then I was going through and just beginning to re-get involved with Shalom again. And we had the rehearsals during the week. And then that fully alive the second time, um, I, there was, just, I just knew I was like, oh my gosh, like, how could I have missed this before? Like talking to the missionaries, like it was so different because they really genuinely wanted to know like who I was, like what was happening in my life. And it was so very different and hearing their stories of their lives, their testimonies, like, and they're like, yeah, I live this like every day of my life. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is my place. Like I, I couldn't explain it. I had an unbelievable amount of peace, like a peace I've never experienced before knowing that this is where God wanted me to be. Wow. Okay. So you're really attracted to the Shalom community and the way that you, it sounds like you said something about, it wasn't just like, Oh, this retreat high, but it was something that what you were searching for before that you could sustain more in your daily life. Yeah, absolutely. I started getting involved with the prayer groups. Um, and I would go to the prayer group every Wednesday for adoration. Every Saturday, um, we would have the hangouts and pretty soon I found myself like driving and staying in Cambridge, like 
three, four days a week. And my parents were like, why are you driving down to Cambridge? Like four days a week, 40 minutes, <laughs> one way. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Wow. And so now that you're a missionary and you've been living in the Shalom, you know, as a member of the Shalom community, I guess, do you feel fulfilled and do you regret not being able to go on your trip? I mean, is there, it's turned out very different than you planned. <laughs> yes, it has. That's for sure. Um, and absolutely, because I know that this is God's way of forming me, God's way of purifying me, um, helping me die to myself, but becoming more holy, like who he originally wanted me to be. Um, and it's crazy. I remember like when I was first starting to come to Shalom, like right after the Foley Alive retreat, um, they have this map in the hallway and it has all of these like little push pins in it, like all around the world. And I was looking at the pins and I didn't know what they meant, but there was one of them almost in every single country that I had planned on my trip. And I asked one of the missionaries, I was like, Hey, can you tell me like what these pins mean? And they were like, Oh, that's where we have a Shalom mission. And I just like could not believe it. I was like, I, what? <laughs> you have a mission in every single one of these countries? She's like, yeah, we're in over 30 countries around the world. Well, at that time, I think maybe 26. But yeah, we're in all these countries around the world. And I just could not believe it because almost every single country that we have a Shalom mission was on my list of like where I wanted to travel. Wow. So maybe someday you'll get to go after all to all the places that you plan to visit and yeah as absolutely. a missionary yeah absolutely and now I have family like all over the world I won't have to be like sitting on random people's couches or in hostels like I'm gonna be with family I'm gonna be with my brothers and sisters if mm -hmm. God willing that's what he calls me to yeah and for a different purpose I guess because it yeah. sounds like yeah because you His before purpose. yeah you were like hoping to discover yourself and do you feel like through your vocation, you've discovered more, like kind of what you were looking for or like about your purpose or do you feel fulfilled? Yeah, absolutely. I know that like, I, I, I just know that this is the path that God wants to take me on, uh, a path of learning more about myself, but in turn learning more about who he is and who he wants me to be, who he originally created me to be. Um, it's so interesting because I remember when I first met Shalom and I had like that unbelievable piece. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what my life is. And I was just like, it's going to be easy breezy from here. Like I'm going to know what God wants me to do. Life is going to be hunky dory. <laughs> um, and throughout that, like I've been seeing like how God continues to bring me to those next steps, but like really challenging me, really making me uncomfortable. But uncomfortable in the sense that that's where he wants to grow me um mm -hmm. because I am where he wants me so it's like he can gradually kind of like chisel away like at those parts and like and be able to kind of like break me open and mold me into who he wants me to be I don't know if that makes sense but <laughs> yeah it totally makes sense and so I think yeah just to wrap up because I know we're running out of time but I guess just for people that are listening, so you're a missionary, but you live like 30 minutes from your hometown in your same country. Like, so how, what does that mean? Or how does that look? Yeah, I mean, so it, it's, I live my life like, but I live it differently, um, especially seeing God's grace and like 
how he wants to use me in my everyday activities, like in my family life, in the people I meet, like going to the coffee shop and the people I meet, like at my work. Um, and he really is giving me the opportunity to be a missionary, to proclaim his glory, his kingdom, his resurrection, like in the midst of my everyday life, um, especially with my family and with my colleagues at work and seeing all of the opportunities that God gives me and all of the fruits um, and moments where I have to, to evangelize people through my way of life, living in the world, but not necessarily a part of the world like I was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So through your daily witness and how you live your life and yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's amazing because even now, like living in this time in quarantine, um, a lot of my, like working with my coworkers and having the moments and the opportunities to be able to share the gospel, especially we just celebrated Easter. Um, I remember like even just the little things like having them say like, Oh, like, why are you fasting? Like, why are you only eating bread and having the opportunity to share about like fasting, like prayer, like how I live my life going to daily mass. Like they see me like with my icons on my work desk. Um, and just the people that God has, has placed in my life and seeing how he is wanting to use me like in my work and in my everyday life is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your life is very, a very powerful testimony, I think for me and for many others. So I'm sure that God is, is, um, is showing the people like your colleagues and all the people that you mentioned, your family, like so many things through your life. So so thank you, Kelly. And thank you. Yeah. And just one last question to wrap up. If you could sum up your your missionary life or your journey with God or like kind of your story in one phrase or quote, what would it be? Hmm. Oh my gosh. Just one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um oh, I would say I would say living on the edge, living on the edge and being pushed to that next step um, in what God wants me to do um, and knowing, like, I'm not going to know what the future holds, but knowing that he is the one who holds my future. He is the one that's going to lead me that next step. He's the one that's going to give me that courage um, and the strength to be able to sustain me through whatever that, that edge of my comfort zone is. Great. I love it. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you for your missionary life. And yeah, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, it was great to talk to you too. Thank you so much, Danielle, for all of your work, for everything that you were doing. Your life is definitely a testimony for me as well. Um, So thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, it's awesome to hear stories. So thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you again soon. God bless you. Shalom. Bye guys. Shalom.